Shut up and sit down. Hello, strangers, and welcome to Strangers in the Cinema. I'm one of the co-hosts, Paul Anderson, here with co-host Grace Williams, and we're back after a week off. Grace, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I've moved house, as you can probably tell, because we're in a new room, a new studio, as it were. There's loads of bubble wrap that I just want to pop. There's loads of bubble wrap. There's loads of... But I did promise Grace that we'd have a larger studio area to work in. Yeah. Uh, And for all intents and purposes, when you walk into the room that we're in, it looked like there might be a bit more room. Yeah. There is actually, I'd say, probably a healthy amount of personal space that we've got on this show now, compared compared to what we had previously. Yeah. But if I look to my right... Uh, listeners at home, there is a lot of boxes. I think I've got some some clearing out to do. What a do you lot think, of den making material. Yeah, I'm I'd probably going to just bin some of it rather than make a den. Oh, okay. to be honest. But I mean, <laughs> unless you want to make, if you want to make a den out of it, and then when you're finished with the den, put everything away in furniture that do we currently like, don't yeah. have to fill this house. That would be great. Do like a be kind rewind type thing. Yeah, I mean that could be quite cool. To be yeah. fair, if we can make some like Ghostbusters suits or yep. that kind of thing out of cardboard boxes, I'm I'm down with that. To be honest. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how have you been, Grace? Um, I've been fine, thanks. Yeah, Good. just, you know, soldiering on Good. through life. That's what I like to hear. You know how it goes. Yes. It's all been a blur since the last podcast, Well, it's really. been a whole two weeks, isn't Don't it? Don't even so... know what's happened. No. What has <laughs> what's happened? happened? Well, we went out for my birthday. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. My, my favourite bit of the last two weeks is that is when... I sent over a comedy joke um, theme tune to Paul for the show, <laughs> and then he thought it was real. And it and this is what he thought was real. It went strangers, strangers in a cinema, gonna watch some films, motherfucking strangers. And Paul thought that was the actual song that we'd written for the song and he was for the film show, and he was a bit worried. That made me laugh hard, Paul. Sorry about that. Well, I, I think my <laughs> response was polite. It's, like, it's not that I hate it. <laughs> I think the swearing's um, a bit needs, much. I was like, I think the swearing's a bit much, and I was hoping there might be a bit more music in there, <laughs> well, rather than just our voices sort of stretched out. Strangers. Yeah. It's so catchy though, isn't it? I mean, well. yeah, it's kind of catchy. It didn't stick with me, I'll be honest. But I mean, not that I don't appreciate the effort. Um, well, guess what? After this podcast, I've actually got a demo of the real thing okay. to play you after. So there you go. You've to got make it with up you. for my cruel joke. You've yeah. You've got it with you. Yeah. This is exciting. Yeah, but it can't play it yet. I can't it's play not it. We can't play it live on the show. No, not no. yet. Okay. No, it's not finished. It's just, it's just for it's your just ears teasing. only. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that means that means listeners that we might have a new theme tune soon. Maybe. <laughs> for the sound of it. <laughs> unless it's like unless it's anything like the one that Grace already sent me. No, there's no very cool. Singing that it's, fucking tune. it's good. It's so good. Everyone's gonna think that's what it is. Yeah, it's not that. No, well, it might be, film. I don't know, I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> uh, right, but what before we get there, now see now I've got to get through a whole show. Knowing full well that you've got a potential theme tune for the show with you. This, I know. Is, this is unfair. So I'm there not going to rush the show deliberately, but what I am going to do is that's what we've got coming up this week. Yeah. So what we've got coming up this week is we have the usual uh, what have you been watching section yeah. where we've it's been two weeks, so we've watched loads. Uh, yeah. We will have a feature review of Jordan Peele's the second horror film, Us. Yeah. Uh, which is all very, I'm very excited to talk about that, see yeah. what you think, because I know you've obviously seen it, but we haven't talked about it. that at all. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, but before we get there, we're just going to have a brief chat about one big piece of film news that we may have touched on, I think, in the show way, way back when it was first announced. The way, um, way back. Yeah, yeah not the, the way, way back. <laughs> Half decent film, to be fair. Um, yeah, so before we get to all that, just this is the news this week that the Disney-Fox merger has now been greenlit <laughs> and is going is going through and kind of what, what we think of this, yeah. uh, where we think this leaves the film industry. And what do you think of it, Grace? I don't know. Is it represented by the fox from Robin Hood, the Disney version? Uh, no. Oh, is it no. um, represented by the fox and the hound? Okay, I think you fundamentally misunderstood what's <laughs> been happening. Uh, so basically, just to I take it back know, to basics. Uh, I know. Okay. He's, so he's taken Disney have taken all the assets that Fox have from Rupert Murdoch's ball bag hands, and now they own the rights to all the world. They literally own the rights to everything. Everything else. So, ever. Disney basically rules the world. Yeah, so basically what this means in terms of films um, is quite a lot. 
Yeah. Because they're now a massive... I mean, they were one of the biggest studios anyway. Yeah. Uh, now they are by far the biggest studio. They own um, The Simpsons. Disney owns yeah, The Simpsons the now. Disney owns The Simpsons, Star Wars, Marvel. It's got all the rights to the X-Men, Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah. Other Marvel characters back? I forget who's owned by what now. Deadpool. I guess he's part of the X-Men yeah. franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, does he own the X-Files? Does Disney uh, own the X-Files I guess they now? Were, I think pretty much they own all of... Here in all yeah. Fox's IP. So basically, it's pretty massive, to be honest, in terms of what films can be made. So I think a lot of people are excited about it from the, the kind of side of things that, oh, well, we can have uh, X-Men and the Avengers together now. Yeah. That's quite exciting, I'll be honest. I, yeah. I, for one, would, would look forward to seeing those kind of films. But for me, I have a, probably bigger concerns than, it, than I am excited that this much power lies with one studio now and this many franchises lie in the hands of Disney. Um, yeah, it's a bit like having kind of like a dictatorship or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's... Just, they've almost got a monopoly yeah. on, on Hollywood, I think. And I think I don't know what I'll be interested to see is whether is for me. I'm more concerned about what will happen with things like Fox Searchlight and the mm. smaller and the smaller the yeah. smaller branches of Fox that were making more interesting work. Yeah, um, Disney are good at what they do but they aren't i would in my opinion they're not well renowned for supporting independent films no. i mean correct me if i'm wrong listeners but I'm, I'm not hugely convinced that's what they're that they're that fussed on so no. my concern would be fox search that and that kind of thing and whether or not another this another mega studio is really what the film industry needs at the moment to to, to just kind of encourage new talent yeah like do they own is it national geographic or discovery channel as well now yeah. like what's going to happen to nature are disney just going to like reinvent gonna nature, nature? <laughs> basically like all our all our um like david atten was just going to be like and now the penguin is doing a dance with some tap shoes on and it's just going to have be like happy happy feet three interjected into documentary filmmaking that kind of thing is that going to happen I'd, I'm worried. I'm not convinced. I think oh. you might be worried unduly there. I mean, where do you stand from from a standpoint of of you know, are you excited to see X, the X Men under the same umbrella? Because for me, I think Marvel have done a better job of their own characters than Fox did with the X Men. To be honest, I think what's going to happen when Disney start up this mother flipping streaming channel and they restart like the daredevs and have their low-key series and all that shit isn't it goodbye netflix for me i think that's what's going to happen because i signed up to netflix originally because of the marvel stuff right and now there's going to be none of that and basically like i think the disney streaming service is just gonna engulf everything else like a big tsunami of yeah I'm I'm going to be part of the problem, I think. <laughs> but I'm going to, you know, I, I think I am. Do you know what I mean? Because Netflix has got so rubbish anyway. I think that it's, I think Netflix is really going to suffer. I think it's going to suffer the most, in my opinion. I don't know. What do you think? Well, Netflix suffering. Yeah. Uh... Because Disney is going to take away so much of their content. But they've already and... taken it away, haven't they? But even more, they're not gonna have any of the um they're not gonna have any of the Marvel films on there anymore. They're not gonna have any Star Wars films on there anymore. They're not gonna have any twentieth century Fox stuff on there anymore. Think about it, Paul. I suppose if Think they, about if they it. Pull in the Fox stuff as well. Yeah. Get, yeah, I guess it's yeah. So what are you saying this is a positive move? Are you I saying don't know. you don't really care because you'll just go with you go wherever the superheroes are? Or I kind of I will, but I'll also <laughs> subscribe but I think I'll also subscribe to you know, lesser known channels like movie and stuff as well. I just feel like I feel like it, it will affect Netflix. I that's my prediction anyway. And I think in terms of actual film stuff being put out, I don't know, I think Disney like if you look at a lot of the recent Marvel films, they do take on newer directors and fresh talents. So I don't think it's I don't know. It's not gonna stifle the industry necessarily. I don't I think yeah, maybe a lot of sub sub studios are going to be born out of disney maybe okay like, like horrible little gremlins <laughs> don't feed them yeah that kind of thing so positive or negative <sighs> or is the jewelry out i'm like you know when like a magnet gets crossed between the positive and the negatives and it's just sort of wobbling around it doesn't know where to go i'm like yeah. that at the moment okay, so stuck firmly in the middle then i'm like the inception wheel is it gonna fall is it gonna stay spinning i feel like you've just watched this. sort of spoiled inception 
No, you haven't spoiled Inception. Good. I just think you've kind of... I fell asleep during it five kind of, times. You've kind of wimped out of giving an answer there to what you think about the Well, because uh, I don't... Well, <laughs> like, it sucks. It all sucks, doesn't it, really? The, the, the medium of film is just just being ruined the medium of cinema streaming services are ruining loads of things but what can we do but embrace the fact that there might be a luke cage in iron fist series for once god damn it that's my that's my okay uh for me i (laughs) (laughs) i don't know where to go with that to be honest i'm lost now i'm just so I'm, i'm i don't know what to think of it because i don't know i obviously if endgame has fucking Fantastic Four come out of a big cloud and go, yo, we've come to save you all, and I'm going to be like, pumped! Do you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, but I'm also really... Cool. And I'm glad that Rupert Murdoch has less money. Cause... For more money, surely, because Disney bought it off of Well, him. okay, yeah, more money, <laughs> but less like input into the yeah. entertainment industry, I guess. Him and Jerry Hall can just like fuck off somewhere. Good, so we've become an anti, anti-Rupert Murdoch show. Oh dear! No, we love Rupert Murdoch. He might own no, our show. Does he own our show? He owns, he, owns, yeah, he owns our show. We've actually just been sold to Disney. Uh, we didn't we even realise yet. This before. Strangers in a Cinema is actually uh, a Fox Network. Production. Really? Yeah. Well, they weren't doing a very yeah. good job of promoting us, were they? No, they weren't. So no. we're, no. we're better off yeah. being uh, So yeah, so that uh, that really inconclusive chat is where we stand <laughs> on the uh, the Fox Disney. Because merger. really, we were just like, um, what's going on? Basically, at the moment? yeah, that we, happened. Uh, basically, we kind of sat down and was like, oh, we need to do a show. Have we got top five? No. It's kind of too too soon, too late to do that. What about this? Uh, what about this? Oh, that happened this week. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening to that really well planned segment. <laughs> um, and without further ado, we will move on to after a brief break to what have we been watching? We've been watching loads of stuff because it's been two weeks. This is the segment. That was good. See, I like that. That was positive. That was genuinely, there was lots of bubbly positivity in that. Grace did that with a smile on her face. Uh, and that, that was impressive. Um, yeah. Should I start then with what, what have I yeah, been watching? Yeah, what have you been watching? Uh, so it's been a couple of weeks. The first thing I wanted to talk about is the latest film from director. I always get his two names the wrong way around. So I'm going to make sure I get his two names the right way around this time. Scorsese Martin? Uh, no. No, not Scorsese Martin. From David Robert Mitchell. Um, this is the... I think it's fair to say this divisive uh, neo-noir starring Andrew Garfield under the Silver Lake. I haven't seen um, it yet. Which is now in some cinemas on limited release, but also, um, and fair play to Mubi, Mubi have actually picked this up, so it's their first day and date release with cinemas. So oh. it came out on Mubi, which is a streaming service that you absolutely must get involved in if you yes. haven't already. Um, it's a great service, and this is available on there. So you can actually, I think you can do a free trial on Mubi and watch this for absolutely nothing at this point. Um, yeah, I've read some compelling sort of five star reviews of Under the Silver Lake and I've also read some some reviews that absolutely tore it apart. Why did you watch it? You hate Andrew Garfield. I do hate Andrew Garfield. I love him. I didn't hate him quite as much in this, I'll be perfectly honest. I thought okay. he was actually one of he was okay. he was actually quite good in this. Okay. I enjoyed him. I don't enjoy his kind of doughy eyed kind of I'm a out of my depth sort of teenage boy routine. I love it. Um but in this I thought he yeah. was I thought he was very good. So for an Andrew Garfield fan, will I be like Oh yeah, you'd be blown away. Okay, cool. Absolutely blown good. away. Although um, I haven't seen Silence yet, so that's another Oh Silence is Silence Silence, Silence is a uh three hour R E lesson uh from Martin Scorsese who basically just makes you feel bad about not going to church. I would steer well clear of silence, personally. Oh, I went to Roman Catholic school, though. I went to Roman Catholic school as well. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Silence felt like sitting through a mass at Roman Catholic school. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Yeah, it's incredibly well made, uh, but I would steer clear of it, personally. Okay. did not enjoy it. But Under the Silver Lake. Uh, Yes. So, sorry, back to Under the Silver Lake. Um, (laughs) Not necessarily boom, but at the same time, not the disaster it's been painted to be in certain circles. Um, I'd say the closest touchstone I can probably compare this to would be something like Brick, uh, Ryan Johnson's Brick with Joseph Gordon-Levitt from 2009, I want to oh, say. You see, it it's got Jason Gordon-Levitt so. in it, so I wouldn't have watched it. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's com- it's comparable to that in, in, okay. in so much as it is a neo-noir. Mm-hmm. That's probably where the comparisons end, really. Um, Under the Silver Lake basically follows Andrew Garfield's uh, character investigating the disappearance of a woman he kind of becomes besotted with, played by Riley Riley Keough, mm. um, but Andrew Garfield's kind of this kind of stoner, loner kind of figure 
who really is quite unmotivated and kind of sort of bumbles through the film with a, quite a charming performance, I think, from Andrew Garfield um, oh, and bumbles into this, Andrew. definitely bumbles into this like sort of much bigger conspiracy um, mm. and he kind of tries to solve what's happened to her, where she's gone. Um, and that part of it, I think, is is compelling. I think there's a compelling enough mystery at the centre of this film to make it um, mostly engaging. Okay. Um, it goes... It's it, uh, Mitchell, the director, is not afraid to go strange when he needs to. Um, I've read some Lynch comparisons, which are kind of fair, I guess. Um, although it doesn't go quite as weird as Lynch. There's some, there's some bizarre scenes of, sort of women barking, that kind of thing. It's definitely... It's an auteur's film, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and it's sold. Yeah, it's it's it, bits of it are highly entertaining and bits of it are, are blackly humorous. But other bits of it just plod along. It's, it's I think it's two hours, 20 minutes, and it really is a film that felt like it could have been under two hours. That's where, that's where I fall down with it, I'll be perfectly honest. It is a little bit on the long side, I think. Okay. Um, but that being said, there's enough to recommend it to check it out. It's certainly... Um, I normally hate this word, but I'm going to use it with bunny ears over it, which no one can see at home. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting film. And if you have, uh, uh, well, I guess that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have more than a passing interest in film anyway. So if you have more than a more more than a passing interest in film, whether you like it or dislike it, Under the Silver Lake is definitely worth your time. It's worth checking out whether you, whichever side you come down on, whether you like it or hate it, it's worth a watch. Did you not like 99 Homes? I don't think I've seen 1999. Oh, did you not like Imaginarium with Dr. Parnassus? Yeah, I like that enough. Yeah, there yeah. you go. See, Andrew Garfield I just is... not that I don't like the films that he's in. It's just, I don't... It's, he's not my favourite actor. And I, <laughs> I, I might like him. He might be a, he might be a top bloke. Um, and he reminds me of Andrew Murray at times as well. He is very... Um, he's very um, posh boy, not like Londoner, isn't he? he? You can tell he's come from a, a well-bred family. Yes. But no, I, yeah, I've got a soft spot for him. But yeah, yeah. no, I'm going to watch Under the Silver Lake. In fact... I want to, maybe this is a challenge that I probably won't keep to, but I want to like propose like a movie challenge where right. we watch X amount of films from movie each time and we review those. Well, Let's see gonna, how that goes. I, well, I was going to do a whole month of just watching things on movie. And really? See where ended up. And then I realised if you look, if you look straight ahead of you, I would say something like 30% of my Blu-ray collection is on films movie. That, no, it's films that I've never seen. So oh, I right. kind of feel that I need to watch through those. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I almost think I should cancel all my streaming services until I finish watching my Blu-rays. I know what you mean. But, I know what you mean. Yeah, but Mubi is... There's some very good stuff on Mubi, for sure. The only issues with Mubi is that a lot... It's going to sound really ignorant in the current climate, but <laughs> a lot of it has got subtitles. And I tend to watch films quite late at night, and I get so sleepy. And when I have to read subtitles late at night, I just fall asleep, and then I end up just well, watching... Don't, court... watch, don't watch them late at night, then. I know, but what's pretty easy can... solution so watched... to... An... It's not a problem. What have you been watching? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, to match your um, artistic um, indie amazingness, I went to watch What Men Want. <laughs> oh, wow. How was What Men Want? <laughs> it was so I mean, The trailer doesn't look great, I'll be honest. The best joke is in of the whole film is in the trailer. Right. The welcome to Wakanda bit, which was funny. But there, the rest... So who's in What Men Want? Set this up for me. Is this a remake of What Women Want with Mel Gibson in it? Is that is that true? Ish. Right. It's got um, what's her name? How do you pronounce her name? Tar- Tar- Taraji B Henson, her. Yeah. In it, she's in it. Um, who else? Erica Badu. Right. Is okay. in it. Um, and um, the unfunniest man, Tracy Morgan, is in it. Tracy Morgan was funny in Thirty Rock. In fairness, someone else said that to me today, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, I haven't I seen. Have, I have a Rock. soft spot from him for him. Through Thirty Rock, okay, but I will admit his more recent his output since Thirty Rock, yeah, has not been the best. Okay, well, I'll set up the plot anyway because I only went to really see it because I went to see what women want in the cinema when I was little. I was dragged. I didn't know what I was going to watch. I think it's just because my friend's mom was like, "I can take you to films now because Twelve A's just been introduced, so let's go." And we were like, "This does not reach us in any level." Yeah. Um, woman is a businesswoman. Um, she's a sports agent, much like um, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, she thinks she's going to get a big promotion. She's pretty cocky. She's like, she beds loads of men. She's like, I'm the best, y'all. And she has a gay assistant who she's really mean to. 
And then she doesn't get her pr- promotion. Gay assistant character. Gay assistant character. Wow. Cliche one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, she loses out to a white guy and she gets really cross. Goes to her, her friend's Hendu. Erica Badu comes along as a psychic. And um, then she wakes up. Not Erica Badu. Oh, uh, the woman wakes up after a head injury on a club night. And then she can hear men's thoughts goes from there really i mean you sounded keen when you were describing the plot so is it bad or it's just like is it just the epitome of sort of average it was just so bland like she was fine like she was a good actress or whatever but yeah tracy morgan was so unfunny i should just know whenever he's in a film i know it's not going to be a funny film (laughs) bloody hell yeah and just like the male characters were just really bland and the funniest characters were probably the women but yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I didn't really... They were trying to get... They were trying to push, like, a social justice warrior-type message, and I just felt like it didn't really do anything. So, yeah, no. I watched that in the cinema. <sighs> what have you been watching? <laughs> what have I been watching? So, for my watching? birthday, I was bought both The Class of 1984 and The Class of 1989. don't know those. Uh, so, The Class of 1984 is a, a relatively well well-loved cult classic i would say um not the one that i'd heard of but not seen directed by mark l lester uh probably more famous for directing uh as far as i'm concerned the best the best worst film of all time being commando Mm. Uh, and also he directed the sequel class of 1999 so in class of 1984 i'll try and talk about both together but in class of 1984 essentially you have a almost dystopian view of 1984 where uh, a new teacher starts work at school um and the other teachers like oh my god you've you've got to be armed to work here these these kids are terrible uh and yeah there's a gang of kids uh, that are i yeah they're pretty badly behaved in all honesty they kind of run they terrorize the rest of the school they start terrorizing the teacher the teacher then has a feud with this gang of kids um to the point where they kind of they start attacking his family um it's pretty dark stuff in places um it's very very 1980s very very cult campy um which is quite a lot of fun um tim timothy van patten is the lead sort of antagonist here and he went on to direct sopranos game of thrones and is quite a well, well-respected producer and director now mm-hmm. certainly in tv um, but yeah it's it's a lot it's fun in places it's dark in others but it's very campy and knows exactly what it's doing and it's um yeah it was surprised not surprisingly enjoyable that's unfair it was very enjoyable it's not it's not the best film i've, I've seen by a long stretch but it was a very enjoyable um, sort of dose of 80s eighties dystopia. So that was quite good fun. Um, it was then followed up by a sequel, um, not in 1999, in 1990, called Class of 1999. Yeah. And this is where the wheels come off. Okay. <laughs> so this is set in 1999, in the backdrop that this dystopian society has just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse do you know what they do? No. They make robot teachers. Oh, amazing. But they're not just any old robot teachers. They're war bots. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're war bots manufactured by a evil looking character called, played by Stacey Keach. Okay. Uh, who is a doctor who's also an albino. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is, we've gone full, we've gone all out, balls out cult here. Yeah. Uh, just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it starts fairly well and drifts off in, into utter nonsense, I'll be perfectly honest. But there's enough stupidity in it to remain for it to remain enjoyable um pam Greer's in it as one of the robot teachers amazing that's, that's entertaining uh and then you've got yeah by the end you've got sort of robot teachers walking around with rocket launchers for arms and this kind of thing so it goes shit gets real yeah um but it's yeah, it's got some problems okay <laughs> like, shall we say so yeah i would say watch it especially if you're a fan of campy cult nonsense you will take you will have a lot of fun with with class of 1999 yeah um but it's not a great film the first one is definitely the superior film uh for sure so that was class of 1984 and class of 1999 what else have you been watching i've been watching so much i'm gonna go for a goodie first i watched platoon for the first time ever I haven't seen Platoon for years, but I remember it being pretty amazing. How was it? It was so amazing, and I was so angry with everyone in it, apart from Corey Glover and it and Willem Dafoe. Um, I forget their characters' names because yeah, but like, oh my god, what a cast! What a cast! Oh my goodness! And like, 
I was just sat there going, fuck, this is a film, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is a film. This kind of stuff just does not happen anymore, does it? You I know, know you from, yeah. You know, fucking look at those explosions. Look at those intense, manly moments of method acting greatness and the the cinematography and just everything about it was just great. You liked and it then? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I was like really, I didn't like enjoy the experience because, you know, in the same way, like with... um. When I watched Bad Lieutenant, the Harvey yeah. Keitel, I was just like, oh. Yeah, that's a grim film. And I, you know, that kind of thing. I was just like, oh my God, these soldiers are just so, like, I know they can't help it because they've been thrown into this situation. They just can't understand. But, oh, they're really nasty. And then the other side's really nasty. And I was like, oh, war is just the worst thing ever. But Corey Glover from Living Colors in this movie. That's amazing. Yeah, I was really happy. Yeah, it's good. good. You enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, well yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah and Johnny Depp was in it as Johnny well. Depp in yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. And he doesn't die in it. And I was like, yeah, Johnny Depp used to be good. Johnny Depp did used to be good. <sighs> seems like a few years ago now. I know. Every time I walk past that crimes of Grindelwald, I'm just like, oh, Johnny. Bloody <laughs> hell. Get a grip. Yeah. Good. What else are you watching? Um... Yeah, so I watched a film that on the um, on the Blu-ray box. Oh yeah, it's called uh, Bangkok Bound. Wow! Uh, when I tried to find it on Letterboxd to review it, it's called The Bad Penny. Um, and to put this into context, so our good friends uh, at Walker's Caucus, who help us organise the quiz uh, that Grace attends, mm-hmm. um, the monthly quiz that we do in a pub in Bath. Yeah. Um, it's film and video game themed. If anyone from Bath is listening and wants to come along, you should come along. Yeah. Anyway, so my good friends at Walker's Caucus, um, in the tradition of us giving booby prizes of absolute dross films, um, bought me this Blu-ray, which I think they found in a pound shop. Um, the to- the tagline is, Fixing a Fight is a Work of Art. Yeah. Uh, it stars Casey T. Evans, Tom Arnold, and Bai Ling. Um, Bai Ling's in it very briefly, I have to say. Um, yeah, and if they were going for... I mean, mission accomplished. It was utter shit. Um, really? <laughs> so, yeah. Well done, guys. Um, I, I, I'm going to read my letterbox review. That's okay. how creative I'm going to okay. get here. A dreary, cliche-loaded story told in clumsy flashbacks does not, doesn't make for an entertaining 90 minutes. Quite possibly my least, least favourite birthday present for at least five years, but I think that was the point. So, well done, guys. If you set out to buy me a shit movie that you didn't think I'd get through to the end of, I made it through to the end. So, nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Avoid it. If you happen across it, avoid it. And they might rename it again just to try and get it in, into your into your attention. But yes, yep. Bangkok Bound or The Bad Penny or what I think it might have another title somewhere or whatever it happens to be called, uh, Steer Well Clear. Okay, cool. Yeah. I watched a film that you told me to stay well clear of. Oh, was this... Await further instructions. I pretended like I didn't know. We about this yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a bit yeah. of dramatic tension there. Um, I think I hated it less than you hated it. Okay. I think because it kind of reminded me not of my own family Christmas, but <laughs> Jesus, okay. like, but it was such like I a, hope not. No, but like the views people had, it's like such like a Brexity kind. Not to say everyone who voted Brexit is like this, but people saying like all these people coming over here and yeah. taking our jobs and. Like, I was just like, oh, God, like, I've just literally <laughs> been around these kinds of people. I know what household this is. And so, like, every time someone got killed off or something, I was kind of a bit like, ha, serves you right for being so racist and horrible, yeah. isn't it? You know, and I liked the um, effects and how stupid everyone was. I just, like, laughed. Yeah, it was how hard. stupid everyone was. I had the big problem with. The effects were kind of cool, but I just thought that those bits just came completely out of nowhere. They didn't fit yeah. with the rest of the film for me like, at all. when the syringes came down the yeah. chimney and the doctor was like, no, don't. And then... but And you weren't really sure about the dad's kind of theme. Like, was he super pro? <laughs> like, was he kind of like a UKIPI, the government's yes. great? Or was he... <laughs> Like, was he more about, like, this is God's will, we don't know. And then the mum was just always just like, I'm going to have a flap about this. And then, like, yeah, the, the sister was just like, I'm racist. Where did that come from? This is weird. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, and, but I liked all the visual effects. I thought I was just, I thought it was a, a, a good idea in theory, but just maybe was missed the mark just about. Maybe. 
don't yeah. know. I would well for me it massively missed the mark, but <laughs> Yeah. I didn't get the ending really with the baby, but no. I thought it oh fine, no. No, it kind of I don't really know what it was. W- I didn't know what it was and what the creature was and what its purpose what it wanted to do really. But, you know, maybe it, that will never be answered. I probably won't because no. I can't see this getting a sequel, to be honest, or a prequel. I don't think there's going to be a wait even universe. more further instructions. Yeah, I wait for more instructions, perhaps. Yeah, that would yeah. be better. No, I didn't much like this, if I'm honest. No, no okay, I watched all. that anyway. Um, I rewatched The Matrix again on my birthday in glorious 4K. Whoa, dude, I, totally I love the Matrix. awesome. It's so good. Do you? It's so good. Yeah. It hasn't really it doesn't it still doesn't really feel like it's aged to be honest. Because the, the sequels I think are a problem because A, they use too much CGI and B, especially the third film, they completely forget that people more are more concerned about what happens in the Matrix, not in the bland future world that they've created, because the Matrix is cool, tunnels and grey and grey CGI is not. Yeah. Um so it's always nice to re watch the original and just go, Ah, oh, wasn't this good? Like, didn't this have so much... And then you get annoyed because the series had so much potential, I think, to be, like, an incredible sci-fi trilogy. And the first mm. one still is awesome. I think the first, like... Because I, I rewatched those again quite recently as well. And I think the first one, for me, is a really good film. But I still have never really connected with the Matrix franchise. And I just find okay. myself kind of just going a bit... Oh, so see for me it's one of those it, it, it was one of those films where I came out of the cinema and I was just like oh fuck like yeah. I've just seen something quite special there yeah. like in the same way that when I came I'd say kind of the same feeling that I got when I came out of say Jurassic Park is probably the first film I can remember giving me that feeling Yeah. or Mad Max Fury Road when I came out of that I was just like oh my god that blew my head off Yeah. Like, and The Matrix is one of those films we all came out just looked at each other and we were like what the fuck was that I want to go again. Like it was so Amazing. so good. That's good. You so know, I know, good, so. I know. Lots of people rate it highly. I don't know. I just saw it was a bit like, oh, this is over yet. This is I kind of same. I don't know. It's same feeling I got when I watched Inception or something. I think okay. it's just the universes into universes, and I don't know. I get a bit kind of sleepy. Had you seen The Matrix before all its copycats though? Um, yeah, I saw The Matrix roundabout when like, it was released on VHS, and then okay. I watched the second one, and I again I kind of. I was quite young when they came out, and then I saw the third one on like because my my uncle used to live in China, and he used to bring back um, Chinese bootlegs and right. things. So it was like one of those ones shot in the cinema, and people getting up, and <laughs> yeah. so that's all I kind of remember from it, really. But yeah, I kind of yeah rewatching. I was like, I don't need to watch the third one again. I just, no. I was, yeah. The second one, the second one's got some good moments, but the third one is pretty dreary, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and but, again, most of the good moments are in the Matrix itself, not. Yeah. Not outside of it. I forgot the other bit of amazing film news that we should have mentioned. What's that? Have you heard enough about... We're not talking about The Matrix Well, anymore. kind of. <laughs> kind of. Um, the Bill and Ted 3 movie got announced on yeah, Facebook that's... with Keanu being so like, oh my God, it's totally happening, guys. They're excellent. You know, I love that he can go from John Wick to playing... Fucking amazing! Oh, I'm so pumped because I think that's the other thing about the Matrix is Keanu Reeves is just too like not he's he's not so bad. He's funny in it. He's just n- nothing <laughs> to me in that film. Whereas something like Johnny Mnemonic, you're like he's got such like or knock knock. Um, what is it, Johnny Mnemonic? Uh, pizza with anchovies, and then and knock, then he loves pizza. Knock knock is free pizza. Love it. I love knock knock. You know I do. But yeah, so for me, I think in the Matrix, Keanu's just like he's not quite like, like obviously John Wick. He's kind of got better with that. He's great in John Wick. Stone face. Yeah. Um, assassin. Whereas in the Matrix, I think he's just, he's kind of crossed between whoa and stone face John Wick style. He's he hasn't found himself okay. yet. I think that's the issue. It's my relationship with Keanu Reeves, maybe. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. I'm I'm on the level with Keanu Reeves. I think me and me and me and Keanu have got a good relationship. I fucking love Keanu Reeves, <laughs> honestly. Keanu, if you're listening, I love you. Bye. <laughs> right. Well, that brings us to the end of <laughs> what we've been watching. I think. Do you reckon? Yeah, that, that, can I mention one more? Movie? You can mention one more. Okay, film, yeah. just one more. <laughs> of course one you can, more. Because yeah. it was hilarious. Yeah. Okay, it was a film called. Um, Road Train is an Australian movie. Road Train. Road Train. Hold on, didn't you put something... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Didn't you put something on Instagram where someone was picking your films all week? Someone else was picking your films for you. Was that a thing? 
Oh yeah, Lee. Well, yeah, my partner Lee yeah. had been picking films for me this all was week. Was Road Train one of these? No, this was okay. last night. Which he right. did. No, he did pick this. Right, he did because okay. I just kind of sometimes I'm so tired. I'm just like just pick a movie because whenever yeah. I pick a movie, he's like, oh, that was so bad, or I'm not really into this, or he falls asleep. Yeah. So not always. Sometimes I pick a goodie, but he's got re- he's really good at picking movies. Right. So you know, I let him take. He picked away in further instructions as well, right, and okay. I was like, okay. But yeah, he picked this, but he fell asleep during this one, right, so okay. I watched the whole thing. So this is Road Train, sorry. Road Train. So right, in okay. Australia, yeah. um, they have these things called road trains, which yeah. are basically lorries with loads of sections, right? So yeah. Road Train. So there are these four... <laughs> uh, apologies, Australian listeners. Uh, I'm not sure train. what accent that was, but... Road Train? Road... No, you, no I'm, not gonna I'm not going to do it. Let's go, go... Yeah. Okay, all right then. Never mind. <laughs> What was the film about? <laughs> it's about a group of people who kind of slept with each other, but now weren't sleeping with each other um, on the out on an outback camping trip. And then they're on the road and they're like, oh, look, guys, it's a road train. And they were really excited about the fact that there's a road train. They're like, oh, it's amazing to get overtaken by a road train. What a thrill. But then the road train starts bumping into the back of them. So they're like, so it's Jewel bloody hell mate i'm gonna i'm gonna overtake this road train you fucker so they're like steering round and like and then the road train knocks them off the road and they're like fuck no the road train it's like deceived us and then two of them are like oh look the road train's actually parked up there so then they steal the road train <gasps> but then the road train is really mystical and the road train makes them fall asleep at the wheel I'm feeling and makes like you should release an audio I'm feeling like you should release an, you know, this this little segment here should be an audiobook called Road Train where you just read the premise of films in this exciting manner I mean, you're probably more enthused about Road Train than you were about Platoon, and you were getting quite excited about Platoon. Um, did I, you like Road Train? I don't know. I think okay. you should watch you don't it. Know. I want to tell you what it's like, the, the twist in it, no, but I think you should it. watch it. Don't ruin and it. And then you'll be like... I didn't ruin it. Wait for other instructions for you. No, so. no. I think you should, yeah, watch Road Train. Okay. I'll yeah. watch Road Train. There you go. Good. That's my bonus one. Right. Well, that does bring us to the end of what we've been watching. So we'll be back after this brief break with a review of Jordan Peele's Us. That, you've been waiting to do that, haven't you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, when I went to see the film, um, we made a joke um, and said, oh, is, do loads of people come in thinking this is a film about the US? And then the person behind the counter said, no, but loads of people have been asking, um, can I have a ticket for ooze? Ooze? Ooze. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, oh, it's the US I get because I think that's a, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, so I think that's a deliberate like play a plural on, of yeah, S. Yeah, I th- ooze. That's society, wow. yo. Wow. Okay, so we're talking about ooze or use. <laughs> like multiple letter U's. We're talking about us. The latest film. The latest film from Jordan Peele, who has previously made Get Out and then made me laugh a lot on his show with, on the Key and Peele show, which is great. If you haven't seen any of it, I highly recommend that. Uh, he's a very funny man. He's a very clever writer. And us is his latest effort. Um, to set this up, we are put in a situation fairly early on with a family situation, um, where you've got the actually it starts in nineteen eighty something, doesn't it? Yep. Where you've got family situation and the young, um, the young Lupita Nongo character. Um, is at a fun fair at the beach. Correct me if I'm wrong here. In Santa Cruz Beach. Yes, Santa Cruz Beach, and kind of wanders off um, into somewhere she shouldn't because her dad isn't paying any attention to her because he dad. wants to play. He wants to play whack a mole. Um, whack a mole. Yeah, yeah, badly. He's really bad at whack a mole. Yes, yeah, because he's so absolutely, drunk. Absolutely terrible. Don't at play whack a mole, drunk kids. So the young, the young Lupita Nyong'o walks off. Uh, walks into somewhere she shouldn't, um, and there's none of this is spoilers because it's all this is all in the trailer in the first five minutes. Bumps into oh shit. Her doppelganger gets terrified and runs off. Uh, we then cut to a much older Lupita Nyong'o character um, who is now married to a character played by Winston Duke. Um, and they have a family of their own and they're basically going on vacation to their holiday home. 
Once they arrive at their holiday home, uh, things aren't great for very long because um, themselves appear on the driveway. Um, A quite creepy and very menacing version of themselves, their entire family, children included, appears on the driveway and proceeds to terrorise them. Um, The film goes on from there. I think we should probably veer away from any more plot points than that, um, which is basically what the trailer sets up. Mm. Because... We do our best not to spoil things on the show here. Unless it's a really shit um, film and then we just don't care. Unless it's a really shit film. Because we're which, just doing a service then. Yes, which in this case, it isn't a really shit film. It's but before really we get film. to what we thought, we're going to have a clip. You know how sometimes things line up? Yeah. You know, like coincidences. Since we've been here, they've been happening more and more. I think... Feel like it means like she's getting closer. Who? The mirror girl? You don't believe me. I I I, I do. I do. I'm I'm processing. Okay? Just can't believe you kept all this inside for so long. Poor, that was a scary clip, wasn't it? Yes. I don't know what bit we've been. No. <laughs> it might have just been some like, get on the boat, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good good bit. Right. So what did you think? <laughs> what did I think? Yeah. Um mostly, I'll be honest, I, I I liked it. I liked it enough. I think my expectation was kind of through the roof for this, I have to say. Uh, yeah. mainly down to the fact that I think it had the best trailer of twenty sixteen. Um, in the fact it used that really awesome remix of Loonies I've Got Five on it, which is used to great effect in the film itself later on. Mm. Um, and I think the trailer was incredible and I was really, really excited by the premise and the setup of it. And I liked Get Out quite a lot. Um, okay. And it's weird, Get Out for, for me was a film that improved on second and third viewing. So I think I've taken more from it each time I've watched it. And I've got a feeling that Us may be one of those films as well. Um, that being said... I didn't love it as much as I thought I would, as much as I as much as mm. I liked it. I think it, it had some problems is maybe too strong a word. I think problems is certainly too strong a word. But for me, I felt the first half, although it looked great and was well shot, and I think the performances from everyone are super, superb, especially the piece of Nyong'o mm. um, playing both roles, playing so basically all the cast are also playing the the evil doppelgangers of their family, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they uh, they have sort of more exaggerated, creepy movements, and there's yeah. definitely a physical performance. There's definitely some incredible physical mm. performances here mm-hmm. as well, especially some of the Peter Nyong'o's facial yeah, yeah. expressions. She's really good. She's fucking terrifying in this yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. places. So I liked all of that. I thought it was great. I thought the film looked great. Yeah. But for me, the first half, it just... I've been trying since I watched it on Friday to put my finger on what didn't quite work for me. And I can't, I'm still reaching. I was writing a review today, but I just think it didn't quite have enough atmosphere for me. The first half, I felt a little flat. Yeah. I think I know what the answer is, but it might, you might not agree. Um, I had lower expectations because I, I mean, I, I liked Get Out, but I kind of felt like it was a film that was getting a lot more hype at the time because of its... Um, subject matter. It, yeah, yeah. It's subject matter. And I kind of felt like it was just like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. And I didn't really get why everyone was so like, this is amazing. I was just kind of like, yeah, it was a good movie. Like, yeah. whatever. Um, so, and now people are like, oh, a Jordan Peele movie. Like, it's a Scorsese or an Oliver Stone or something. Like, oh, a Jordan Peele movie. It must be great because he's done one movie that everyone yeah liked you know but um but you know get out was a good movie so i was kind of going in this, into this thinking like oh is this going to be another one of those like, oh, so good because jordan peele did it anyway i really enjoyed i enjoyed it more than get out okay um but i think the main issue it had was that it didn't stick to the rules and parameters that the world like it was set up to have okay do you know what i mean no so like <laughs> i'm intrigued there, there but... was without going into the plot i just felt there were so many kind of loopholes and continuity errors within the what the universe okay. which just weren't backed up so i kind of felt like but how did that happen and why why with i i understand the concept and i think the concept's bloody brilliant mm. and i'd like to see like even I'd even like to see a prequel personally, even though um some people um so the person I went with said no I, I don't think it needs it, but I kind of felt like it did. Like, I just felt like well what 
how did that happen? What, what, if, if, if they can do that, then why didn't they do this? Do you know what I mean? I just kept asking myself questions the whole way through. And yeah. do I, I mean, do you, do you agree with me? Do you think it lacked tension in the first half? Because I think... I think it had... The thing about Jordan Peele is he's really... He's funny and he's a good comedy writer. Like, yeah. bear in mind he's been involved in, like, Big Mouth as well as doing yeah. horror. So I actually really liked the... Um, the setup, um, and the family dynamic. I thought she was maybe a bit bland, Laputa Nuango's character, but maybe that kind of makes sense because of what happens. Yeah. I thought Elizabeth Moss was really good as that family as well. So I think it lacked tension, but there was also kind of a a realism, and I actually laughed out loud at points as well. Yeah, and I think it was it was funny in places and I do I do like that mix that mix of horror and comedy and I think he he does it well. Yeah. It's just that I think there's there's certain scenes where you go I came up there's certain scenes and again I'm trying desperately not to try to spoil the territory. There's certain scenes especially when you look at Elizabeth Moss's for the character and what happens to her family, you kind of think, I should have been a bit more shocked at that and then it just like certain certain big sort of sort of sort of big surprises fell a little bit flat for me. I think it's because everyone's. Ex- I think everyone's expecting it to just be more of a film like, um, oh bloody hell, The Strangers. Like yeah. I think everyone expected it to be more of a home invasion film. No, I don't even think it's. No? for me, it's not even oh. that. I just it's just it lacks a bit of tension. But to yeah. to not labour on that point, the second half I thought was fantastic, and I think yeah. when it when it finally found its feet and was was pumping on all cylinders, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was fantastic, like mm. the the finale. Um, mm. is one of the best scenes I think I'll see sit on, on a cinema screen this year. I think okay. it was absolutely fantastic. It mm. uses that awesome remix of I've got five on it again, yeah. which is great. And like the the way that you've got again the piece in Younger's performance really shines through, especially in the in the finale scenes. Mm. Um, and I think it's yeah the second half. I think it it picked up a lot, and yeah. I, overall I think it it not rescued it because it's it's not so that I didn't like it. I didn't. I just. Yeah, it's just the lack of tension, and I I can't think what it is because it looked great, the sound work was great. It just didn't have me on the edge of my seat in the way that I expected it to. Whereas in the second half, it had me firmly on the edge of my seat for from probably yeah. about three quarters, maybe second half, final quarter, but certainly the final act had me on the edge of my seat. I think if it if it started with the tension of the final act, yeah, and and stayed there, I think we would we'd have been sitting and looking at something quite quite special, and I. I will add that I think it will reward repeat viewings in the same way that Get Out does. Um, there's a lot. He's he's clearly a very cine literate filmmaker. Mm. Um, there's a lot of horror references littered in there, which yeah, I won't yeah, spoil yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think more more and more will be spotted as 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 you as more people watch yeah. the film and you watch it multiple times. Um, and I think it certainly it makes it certainly not afraid of making pl- interesting political statements either, no. which is which is great. And I think that's very important. And that's yeah. what all good horror should be doing, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. is making political statements with exactly and again it's difficult to go into that without spoilers but when it explains what the the doppelgangers are yeah it really it really starts to sort of skewer capitalist america without a shadow mm. of a doubt and i yeah, think it yeah. does that pretty effectively yeah um hence and i think kermode um kermode picked up on the fact that the title you joke about the title being us and us yeah, yeah it's yeah. not a coincidence no 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 for sure. no it's not um, ooze though no it's not ooze no it's or use or no no, <laughs> no, no it's definitely <laughs> no. not that I mean, where um, do you stand on that politically wise? Do you think it? Do you think it made a good point? Do you think it well, was subtle enough? Or this is what, this is what or... I'm saying. I really liked that idea yeah. of what it was, and I was like, and the whole setup, um, without going into so difficult, isn't it? But yeah. that whole setup <laughs> with the text at well the so beginning, far. yeah, and then that whole idea of their what about the hidden America? I guess. Um, I really liked that and I, I was completely on board with what it was and it was kind of, in that way, not a convention. The fact that it lacked tension, I think, was because it's not re- it wasn't a traditional horror film. Mm. In the same way as like something like Mother. Now, I, I know loads of people hated Mother, to, yeah. like, but I, I really liked it and I know that it was a good film because when I watched that film, loads of people... Went, that was the worst horror film I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen, and I was like, "Yeah, it's fucking brilliant." That film, what a daring kind of weird mm. film to make. Whereas, and and with this film, there were people around me going, oh, "I don't understand that at all. I'm going to have to Google what that meant." Yeah, you know. So I know that it was an, a a new yeah. 
world that Peel was making. Um, but yeah, but because it was such an interesting thing, and I, I just felt like it didn't stick to the rules of the world that Peel created, mm. and that really bothered me because I, I, I don't mind questioning. I don't, I don't mind something that's a world where it's like that wouldn't happen in real life. But as long as it can back up how it happened, I think. Yeah, you know, I think that I see where you're coming from. Me. Yeah, without spoiling it. But, yeah. yeah, and the the um not the five on it song, but the instrumentation. It kind of reminded me a bit of the Isle of Dogs soundtrack, but a little bit oh, creepier. Okay. That's an interesting. And it was yeah, yeah I mean, it's an interesting thought. With, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the the panning out the opening titles panning shot with the bunnies. Yeah, that whole bit reminded that me bit like an awesome. Isle of Creepy yeah, Isle of that Dogs. Bit, yeah, that bit was awesome. There's yeah, some, yeah, there's some great there's some great standout moments in this, and I think was, yeah, yeah, I'd say it's yeah, it's. It's good. I enjoyed it. I came out yeah. of it enjoying it enough. Yeah. Um, but for me, some problems that may be rectified, as I said, in in more than one view, and maybe I've gone in, maybe I've gone into it with the wrong approach. Expecting more traditional horror film, maybe I haven't. But I don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm, I don't even say I thought it was like an amazing film. No. I just feel like it. I I keep switching back and forth. I mean, what it. what I'm happy with is the fact that Get Out clearly wasn't a fluke. Like, no. there's enough there's whatever you think of this there's there's enough good stuff in this to go yeah jordan peele carry on making yeah, horror yeah, films yeah. please because yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got a talent for it Completely. he's definitely got an eye for it for sure and there are not there's not enough um uh stories through made by um uh black people or minorities through the horror medium yeah, putting absolutely. those people on screen either yeah. and also what i really liked was that that wasn't like the um um it didn't define that family. Do you actually, know what yeah, I mean? The, if I, you don't see a middle class yeah. no, black family you actually, you on actually, screen, you actually saw a middle class black family on screen, which I thought was great, and it, it made a point of showing you that this is a privileged middle class black family, which I thought was great because that's and also it like it went it didn't go after the race politic as much as it went after economic politics. Yeah, it was and, just saying, and look, divide, these are like this. This yeah. is just life. Get, you know, that, yeah. What, so that yeah, that was it's easy yeah. to do to put people, you know, of minority you know on, yeah yeah on screen i felt i yeah. don't know i don't know um yeah that's what i thought and i also thought that there should be a new um best bunny category at the oscars because like did you notice as it was panning out like most and on, on the um opening title sequence with all the bunnies in the cages and all the bunnies pretty much were like stationary like sat looking at the cage wall but there was one bunny that kept going cleaning itself in time with the music i just thought what a good bunny like how catchy is that bunny he knows what's happening it's like it's like they played the music and this one bunny's like yeah yeah let him, like notice me it was good that's bunny Wherever so, that bunny is. Yeah, go and see it. Um, <laughs> if you like bunnies, go and see it. If you like horror films, go and see it. If you like interesting uh, films with the point to make, go and see it. I'd say def- definitely check it out. Yeah. I don't think you'll come out thinking you've wasted your time, um, whether you like it as much as some people have or not. Um, you certainly, It certainly marks Jordan Peele out as a as a talent to, to yeah. watch, um, yeah. for sure. And I, for one, hope he, he's, he's shown an interest in staying in horror. I hope he does stay in horror. Yeah. Because it's it's an interesting take on it. He's remaking um, Twilight Twilight Zone, isn't he? Yes, he yeah. is, yeah, which should be mm. which should be a lot of fun, I think. So yeah. yeah. So that I think is pretty much the show for this week. Pretty much. So yeah, that was us. Check it out. Uh we'll be back next week with a review of Dumbo. Yep. Um <laughs> which I'm quite excited about seeing Dumbo because it seems to be picking up some really bad early buzz. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well, you know. It's uh it I I mean I, what, what who can tell? Yeah. Who can tell? Exactly. The original was so beloved. Yes. And I kind of feel like, as much as I love Tim Burton, a lot of these live action Disney remakes are kind of falling flat. And I think Aladdin will fall flat. Beauty and the Beast was a real. Do you know why doozy. Guy Ritchie wanted to make that film? Uh, no, is this a joke? Because it's got Aladdin. Oh. On that note. Find us on social media at Strangers in a Cinema on Instagram, at Strangers Cinema on Twitter. Um, Grace is looking at me like she wants to kill me, so we're going to go now, because oh. uh, I just made a terrible <laughs> Guy Ritchie Aladdin joke. Um, on that note, uh, <laughs> bye for this week. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Shut up and sit down.